Right, hello, uh, welcome back to the Slightly Focused Podcast. Uh, just a quick heads up before this episode, um, my audio isn't sounding overly amazing in this one with Chris, because uh, I had a few technical issues, um, and I tried to edit around it on my end, uh, my audio, but it just hasn't really worked, um, so I'm, I'm so sorry, but uh, hopefully I'll have it all fixed up by the next episode. Uh, got some more guests lined up soon, so that'll be really awesome to get back into that. Yeah, so uh, enjoy the episode. I apologise. I'll uh, see you on the next one. Cheers. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Slightly Focused Podcast with me, your host, Will George. Uh, Calm is elsewhere again. Uh, not sure what he's up to, but today I have a great guest all the way from Chicago, Christopher Villa. How's it going, man? Christopher, how are you? Pretty good. How about Do you prefer you, being called Chris or... Christopher, what's yeah, the what's either the or, man. Uh, Chris works, Christopher works, whatever preference you want to go for. Right, we'll go with that. Uh, as for the theme of this podcast, Chris is a photographer and videographer. As I already said, he's from Chicago. Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Yeah, for sure. So um, I do photography and videography. Also, actually, a full-time business student studying marketing. Um, I've been making videos and taking photos for about two years and I would say if I had like a favorite kind of category I really love doing like travel kind of travel style kind of content nice how did you uh, like get into the space what got you into to, to video I think it's always a great question to ask everyone um it's actually kind of funny uh, I was on YouTube one day and I always liked like creative stuff, but just like the right video landed on my YouTube. Uh, and I saw like this person, I'm sure a lot of people who are in the space probably know who he is, uh, Matt Como. I saw one of his videos and I was like, wow, this is like really cool. Like I just thought like this was like a really cool concept and like how people like can make these kind of videos. So from there, I was like, okay, I have a camera laying around and um, maybe I could start messing with it and start taking some pictures and see um, what I can make. And from that point forward, I've just been, you know, keep, I've been uh, working at it. Just grinding ever yeah. since. That's, yeah, it's such a crazy story. I say this a lot when I talk to other people, but mine was like a, mine was Make It Count by Casey Neistat. And then after that, I saw like one of Sam Calder's videos and then I was like, whoa. And that was like it. That I just got Matt Curry not sh- like shortly after that. I can't remember what video it was, but there was like a couple of them were just like I ended up going down a like YouTube rabbit hole. And I think, yeah, it's amazing to always find out how like just like YouTube has like helped everyone. Because if we were having this chat like five, ten years ago, that wouldn't be like the case. But I think that's kind of sick. Yeah, it's pretty crazy like uh, how much this community has grown. And even now, like there's just a whole new direction that it's going to head. And like even like I'm sure like. Uh, people like know about this like how uh there's more ways for creators like even to to like uh make money and just like all the new platforms you just like to build an audience you know yeah definitely i think that's such a, like a, a sick thing and especially with like i think i found you through tiktok like initially because like we both make like videography tiktoks and like photography tiktoks and stuff and i think that's like how i found some of your videos and there's like you've got some like cracking like drone shots like those chicago drone shots like going over the ice and stuff are just so sick and like your color grades are dope. I was just going back through some of your stuff earlier, and I was like, I've been doing a bit of color grading today. I've been going through just like trying to like get better at it today. And I was like, man, there's like some of this stuff is just so dope. How long do you like take when like post production and oh, stuff when you're like grading? A, 
That's a really good question. I guess it, it really depends on the type of project and like how much effort I want to put into it. Um, I think the most I've ever put into a project was maybe like 25, 30 hours. And um, oh. I, I spent a good amount of time color grading just to make it like really like uh, coherent and everything just looks good. But even on top of that, Premiere won't maybe take like maybe five to seven hours. But the part that I like, I, I know that takes a long time too is After Effects. If you really want to create like those really cool kind of transitions and stuff, it, it does take that time. But if you're patient, like the results will pay off. Yeah, facts. Like, there's definitely some good, like, some sick things. Like, especially with After Effects, I started touching After Effects a bit over the summer, trying to just like learn it. I did like, uh, like using like markers and stuff to like uh, put like floating titles and stuff, and then did like some cool like transitions and stuff. But that's about as far as I've like dived into it. I I need to like go back and like explore. But I'm just been so busy. That's like one of those things, and. And yeah, I think it's kind of just kind of crazy, and especially as we talked about earlier, like TikTok, how it's just such a great platform, and like Instagram and like Reels and stuff, such a great platform to like build, build off. Like I think in the last year, would you say I like for me definitely, I've seen like a lot more engagement with my work over the last year because of TikTok and because of like Reels. Like, would you have you like seen the same sort of thing? Dude, a hundred percent. I I feel like a lot of people have said that like Instagram is dying or things like that. But in my opinion, I think there's more opportunities than ever to make a connection with an audience and meeting other creators who have a similar interest as you just because of like um, with YouTube and things like that before like Reels and uh, the algorithm with TikTok. It's just a lot easier now. And um, another thing too that I really like about both of these is that like the, it's a different type of content, like the short form content can be really engaging and it's a different way to reach people. Yeah, 100%, I agree. Like I was just literally scrolling through Instagram today and I was just oh, on Reels and I was just like, I've been wanting to make some stuff for myself for ages because I've been doing, I'm so caught up with like university work and like client work and stuff. I just haven't had any time to like do what I like doing, just like, like making my own stuff. And so I was just going through reels. I found out some cool sounds. And I was literally, when you, before you texted me to say, do you want to hop on a call? I was then like, about to start editing like a reel. So, and it was good. And just going back through old footage and stuff makes me like want to like, get back out and just like shoot more stuff. But the weather in the UK right now is so shit. It's like just rain all the time. So it's a bit, it's a bit hard to try to go out and shoot stuff. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely sick to have these options as well. Um, to be able to like build platforms and especially as you said like meet other creatives i've met some like really cool people over the last like 18 months as a result of tiktok instagram and everything it's like because i also like somehow found that well through you that like we had a mutual friend of joey that i found through mm -hmm. another friend of mine Braden, which is which is kind of crazy and joey's like does he just finish shooting for uh illinois state is it yeah the college where he's doing football yeah absolutely absolutely crazy i think it's just like nuts how far people have like come especially 100%. through like the through the internet would you say that you've learned most of your skills as a result of like youtube or like self-teaching i would say youtube and then like tying everything in together to create like a bit of my own style there's just like uh there's so much on youtube that i really like like so i end up taking like a bit of like every creator that i really kind of enjoy 
and like pick like what I think would really like implement my, like my workflow and from there I've kind of like learned like what I really like working on and the things that I don't like and yeah like that's just pretty much how I've like come about it yeah for sure I think it's good who are like your go-to people when it comes to learning like YouTube stuff I know I've got a few and we've probably got some overlaps in there somewhere but um, <clears throat> where'd you go I'm, honestly, I don't know if I have like a specific favorite, but I know there are some of like the general people. Sometimes I like to see these though, even though like a lot of people do follow up with them too. Like people like maybe um, Maddie Hypoyo or any people like those. I really like enjoying uh, seeing like the type of tutorials that they make and stuff like that. Um, but for me now, I don't know if I have like a specific favorite. I just like to pick like a little bit of everybody. And, and yeah, how about you? Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm sort of the same. Like, I'm like, there's a point where, at the beginning where you sort of gravitate towards people like Peter McKinnon and stuff. And then you start to like branch off from there. But today I was just kind of like, as I was trying to like learn about more about color grading and stuff. And then I just ended up watching a video from some guy who I had no clue who he was, sort of thing. Just like a, just like a complete like breakdown of like grading and stuff. And that was like just quite interesting. And I'm, I'm definitely with you on the whole like using. Uh, taking odd bits and pieces from different people and like, implement it into your style like I think that's a, a very big thing to do because I think creating your own style is such a hard thing to do and I think a lot of people get asked I have you ever like got this on like a TikTok comment or anything like people are asking you like how you do so and so or like how you got to this point sort of thing because I've had that before with, like some people have asked me oh how did you end up getting here sort of thing and for me it's just like a lot of like work and practice but Definitely. Have you had that sort of stuff? Definitely. I, I have asked, had people ask me, and I think um, not directly they'll ask me like that, but more so they'll, they'll compliment like my work, which I'm really appreciative of, but um, they'll usually approach it by asking like, oh, like this is a really cool video. What kind of camera did you use? But um, I think like um, in my opinion, like the best response that if I had the option to say would be like just put in a lot of work and hours and just be like really dedicated because um, that's just the biggest part. Like you can try to find all the gear or anything like that or uh, try to replicate someone's style. But the biggest thing into succeeding in this type of industry is just working really hard and uh, trying to give the best that you, you can at it, you know? Yeah, for sure. As like the more the more like hours, the more time you put in, like the better, the, the, better, the more stuff you're going like, to get out of it in the end, like. Same with like sports, same with anything. Like yeah. the more you hit the gym, the bigger you're gonna get sort of thing. So I think that's definitely the case. Speaking of gear, what is like what are you shooting on? Or what did you start with and what are you like so, shooting on now? So um when I first started, I started off with photography and then I think it was about a year in or maybe about half a year, I decided to save up and get like a photo video kind of camera. But my first camera was my mom's old camera and it was a Canon Rebel T three I uh with a kit lens which is kind of funny because that's just a pretty uh simple setup but it did the job actually and then i ended up upgrading to a sony a6500 which is my current setup and with that i've gotten some other th other things like a drone and gimbals and things like that and i've just been using uh, that for most of my work right now that's that's so sick like Shout out to the T3 or T5i. There's so many people who I know who are like have had that camera or use that camera still and have like got really good jobs out of it. Like that's we in the UK it's called like a 700D or a 750D. Um, 
But yeah, they're just such little like absolute tanks of a camera. And you say what you should on a six uh, sixty five hundred now. That's correct. Yeah, ah, oh, they're such great cameras as well. Like, ah, oh, they're just like they're so small, just compact form factor. Oh man, it's so good. And I think that they're they're not really overly expensive either. And so I think like for a lot of people who are trying to get into like a film like video space, they're definitely like a good like camera to sort of like go to sort of thing which I think is, like, real sick. What would you say is, like, your, like, dream setup? What's, like, the... What'd be, like... Here's money go to B&H. What's the... Ooh, this is a good question. Um, Ooh, I I want to... I really want to try the Canon R5 because I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I wouldn't say that's my dream setup. I really... Uh, since I've been using Sony for a while, I really would like to get um, an A7S Mark III um the video capabilities on that camera are really incredible and i've seen a lot of uh other people make some incredible work with it and um funny enough uh in my internship in the summertime we we ended up using some cinema cameras from sony like the fx6 and the fx9 and since that point i've been really interested in like of their higher end kind of cameras so i would say that's probably my dream set dream setup what about you oh flipping the question i don't really know like i think if i had that sort of money like you'd probably end up going for it'd be sick to have something like a red, like just with like a like a some form of red camera with just like some real sweet cinema lenses. But if I was like going to upgrade straight to another Sony, I'd probably go the A seven S three. I have an A seven three at the moment, but that like the extra like frames like a just a flip out screen is just real <laughs> real nice to have. I think so I think that'd be that'd be really like sweet to have. But I think once again, like, as you said, like you can have all the gear and still make bad films, and you can also have really bad gear and still make great films or like great videos. So I think for people listening, don't worry about the gear; just worry about getting like the the story down and like the basics, pretty much. Hundred percent. Like learning, yeah. It's all about it's all about the basics to start with. With uh, definitely with filmmaking. Speaking of, what would you say? Uh, it's like one of the biggest like learning experiences you've had while like being a filmmaker. <clears throat> um, that's a that's a really good question actually. Um, for I, honestly, I feel like I'm still learning a lot. Um, but from when I first started, I would say the biggest challenge for me was probably filmmaking more than photography. Just overall starting because it's just a whole different approach from creating photos. And I think the most challenging part of it was uh, probably the editing part of everything. I knew how to film stuff. I knew like the basic camera settings and things like that. But when it came down to like making like the actual edit, I found it really difficult to get a good grasp. And it took me, like I said, just a lot of hours until I really started to get the hang of it. Yeah, I feel like, I think, as you said, like coming from a photography background is a lot harder. I, w- I did a bit of... I've always like been more video based and then did photography as an extra with video. So I found it was a lot easier to flip the other way. And I've had a lot of people who, in the same situation as you who've gone from video to, fo- sorry, from photo to video and found it a lot like a lot harder than going from video to photo, which I think is really interesting. So I think I would have like thought it would have been quite hard, uh, quite easy, sorry. But everyone who I spoke to is like, oh no, it's like a completely different ball game because mm-hmm. you're, you're still dealing with those settings that you're like used to uh on a doing photos but then you've got to like deal with loads of other things like moving and yeah oh, it's just it can whole... be can be awkward and can be like 
a nightmare. What's the what's the worst thing that you've had happen while you've been like out uh, shooting? Worst thing, um, let's see. I'd say the worst mistake that I've ever had, which um, I've learned from, is I forgot to uh, empty my SD card before like an important important project, and I think I had a lot of good stuff on that SD card, so I was just like, okay. I have this one SD card and I can't lose out on this client. So I, <laughs> I ended up formatting like all the stuff that I had on it, which was kind of a bummer, <gasps> which was kind of a bummer. But I just, I, I, from that, from that point forward, I was like, okay, I need to have multiple SD cards on me because, um, I can't make this mistake again. You know, have you, have you, have you made that mistake since? No, not at all. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> love free mistakes man that's always the thing yeah. i try to think like i've had like i've nearly had situations like that where i've got to like sit and thought oh no where's something oh no it was i was filming a uh for a university project for, for, for a film school i had we we're filming a, a fashion film with the, the the fashion students at my university and we had to we're filming this one's like back garden and we had to we hire out all like all of our like lighting kit from our university and they were supposed to put like gels in there like colored gels like plastic gels and they didn't and we needed like the whole thing we were going for this like real like tripped out like travis scott vibe and they didn't have these colored gels in this pack and it was just like well shit so we we had to like improvise but luckily the people whose house we were filming at they were a lot of them. They all, we went to the same university together, and some of them were photography students. And they happened to have a pack of colored gels at their house, like that were like really big. And um, we just like used the uh, tape and we like taped them to the lights and stuff, and it worked. Uh, so we were very like relieved by that, but haven't made that mistake since. Always check the kit before you go out, everyone. That's so. 100%. Definitely. I, I always, uh, I always end up like triple checking before I head out the night before the morning of and um, yeah, you know. I always check the most important stuff. Like that's the thing I always check. Like I was on a shoot yesterday uh, for a client and I made sure the night before I was like, okay, camera, is it charged? Okay, 25% needs charging. Is uh, SD card, is it clean? Oh no, let's quickly offload the footage, wipe it. But yeah, I definitely need to buy another SD card. Now you mentioned that. I have like... One because for my A seven three I have to have fast cards definitely because I shoot like, like so I need to buy some more cards. Thanks, thanks for reminding me. For sure. But yeah, it's definitely one of those one of those things. Is it? What's it like being able to film in a city like Chicago? Because most of your I'd say most of your content like revolves around like the city. Like as I said, like you've got these like massive like sweeping drone shots of the city and stuff. Um, it's it's pretty cool, you know. Like, there's a lot of um different angles that you can film of the city. That's why I really like enjoying it, and it's also like really close to home. And I know like a lot of people would like love to be at Chicago, and it's like one of the bigger cities. So I, I try to take it to the best of my opportunity to film everything, and it's pretty great too because there's not many uh, regulations when it comes to those kind of things. So it's really chill, um, and it's a great environment to film at. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah, have you ever been like, because like, especially when it comes to like urban filming, have you ever been like kicked out of a location before? But like, have you ever been like rooftoping or anything and like got kicked out or anything? Ooh, I have not. But I, I I'll tell you what. I um when I first started taking uh, photos, this was like a restaurant, like a really like fancy restaurant, and they had this really beautiful type of terrace that you can see of the city, 
and there's literally like a sign that says do not sit here and it's like a it's like a elevated kind of thing really cool view and uh i was like you know we'll just sit up here get a really cool photo and like minutes later the security guard like like threatened us to get kicked out so we had to leave which was kind of a bummer but um otherwise than that i've never really had any problems with anything <laughs> that's good then that's playing it playing it safe for the moment it's all about the Definitely. all about the safety of it speaking of like photos and stuff where where's like this is like bringing it back around to things that are currently relevant what's your like standpoint and views on like uh nft art and like photos and stuff because i talk about i got in a really heated debate at university with someone the other day about nfts um yeah um i i, ha- I have so much to learn about it actually that's a really good point because um, I've been trying to learn more about it recently, and I, I haven't bought one just yet, but I'm looking towards to get into a project. But besides that, I think it's I think it's a great opportunity for photographers or anybody who's in the creative community. I have a buddy who uh, he launched an NFT collection, and I think he sold one of the pictures for about three ETH, which is pretty incredible for someone to sell a photo for that kind of price, you know? And that, like like I said, there's just a lot of opportunities right now when it comes towards that industry. Yeah, because I'm trying to work out Ethereum's worth how much at the moment. Uh, I think it's roughly 4,000, upwards 4,000, around there. Yeah, so multiply up by... Yeah, it's worth, in the UK, it's worth three near, near enough 3,500 pounds per, per coin. So... Yeah, multiply that by three and you're making like some big money. So I, I definitely think it's like something to explore in there, especially for like creatives. But I think some people just think it's pointless JPEGs, but Yeah. Um I actually have a They're qu- the ones like losing out. Definitely. Go on. I actually have a question for you. When it when it comes to it, do you think uh they someone should have a big audience in order to like launch an NFT or or what would you think uh can make a photographer successful when it comes to uh NFT projects? Oh, that's a really sick question. I don't know because I was like been considering this as well. Like there's, I have so many photos of random things that might and could be useful when it comes to making an NFT. Um, but it's really hard to know what's popular, what's not popular. Like I've got a friend who is also about to, he's thinking about launching an NFT project, but then I'm not too sure. Like I want to see how, he, how well his goes and stuff. Like for me, I don't really have much of a, much of an audience even compared to him. Like he has like, I can't remember how many, he has like 20, 30,000 followers on TikTok and about like 2,000 on Instagram. And mine's like, I have 2,500 on TikTok and then about like 500 on Instagram, which isn't really much. And I'm not really sure how well you can kind of get the word out about it sort of thing. I'm not really sure the best way to spread it. But I've literally signed up for Twitter today because my friend was like, oh, everyone talks about NFTs and like a lot of Instagrammers have now moving over to Twitter because of like, engagement and stuff i don't know but they said hop on twitter so i don't know if that's going to be a way potentially to like push stuff apparently that's where the nft community is fully at which is interesting but i really don't know i think it's such an interesting space to be in at the moment because so many people are like trying to push it and trying to hype it up so i think i think like gary v is like a big like pusher of it all so i think there's definitely money to be made in there yeah i think um there's just a long way to go still. A lot of people don't know what this is yet. And I think once people start to get a better grasp, maybe it'll, it'll be a lot easier to make these kind of sales and more people will have trust in it. 
But at the same time, I think right now is a really good opportunity because um, there's not that many people in the industry just yet. So it gives you like an opportunity more to succeed as an artist. And I think I saw like a, a, a stats about it. I think it was like maybe seven. I don't know if this is correct. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I think 70% of Americans or 80% of Americans don't know what an NFT is yet. And only like 20 to 25% do, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, that's like, it's such a a bubble at the moment. But there's, there, there must be something in it because obviously everyone says, oh, it's like, it, it's it's not going to work out sort of thing. But there's people selling their NFTs for like literally like millions. Like, yeah, it's like actual like digital art, but photography's art, videography's art, like what we all put out online is like art. And if you can like, we're all about like, just like creating it sort of thing and like potentially like making money. And if it's a way to, make money off the things we do so i think like why not like go for it pretty much i agree with you that's a really good point do you do you like i'm get i'm guessing as you mentioned earlier you do a lot of like client work and stuff as a part apart from doing like just like what you post on like tiktok and stuff um what, what are you sort of like working with and like on and how do you like differentiate that from uh like just like what you post online sort of thing um i i guess it really depends on the type of projects that i really want to choose to share out to people if it's a passion project i I would love to share that always um another thing too is if it's like a potential brand that i i've reached out to and i want to uh create some content for them that's another thing that i always love sharing in my feed but um besides that i'll usually keep most of the uh, client work just like on my portfolio and things like that um but yeah how about yourself yeah, pretty much the same. I think it's like, I, I I really enjoy doing client work. I think it's super fun because obviously like I get paid to do what I love, which is awesome. But at the end of the day, like you want to be, I enjoy sep- sometimes separating like my business side from what I do. Yeah, I want like similar to you, I want to like grab brands' attentions and say, hey, this is me, this is what I do, this is what I can create for you guys. But I also want to be able to like keep that part like set like keeps the business stuff separate because sometimes as you said it doesn't fit with like you as like as chris villa's like instagram brand or will george's tiktok account so i think it doesn't like fit the vibe but if i do as i said like similar to you if i do stuff i i like and i feel like would go well on like my page i think that's that's sick if it doesn't like i'll just i'll just like sort of like leave it what would you say or who's like your your dream client Ooh, that's that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if I have one just yet. I could think of some people. Maybe um, DJI is a really cool one, as um, I'm sure a lot of people know who they are. I would say that's something that I would love to be a part of one day. Specifically, like I know there are some creatives who end up getting hired for like their campaigns to make videos about like the new drone, and I, that's something that I would really love to do someday. So I would say maybe um, that probably have to be one on the on the top three list. Yeah, I think that too. I think you, you say I haven't really thought about that. The DJI, I think, would be a sick one to do, just because like who they are in like the video space, because they make they have such great campaigns, and as you said, they hire out a lot of people. GoPro would be pretty dope as well, to be honest with you. I think they've got like some cool marketing, which I think is awesome. What's like your? Obviously, you've like started like a few years ago. How you said you're at college now? Doing was it business? Yep, that's correct. Is that to doing business? Is that 
something that you're like going into? Was that for, are you using this, like your degree in business as a way to progress like your video career? Ooh, um, that's a really good point. I guess it depends, you know, like, um, there's two ways I could go about it. I could use the skills to learn more about creating my own business. But I think like, uh, the game plan is like, I really want to get, uh, like a really cool internship for maybe one of those top businesses that I really would love to work for. And then providing like ways with like my marketing and like my creative services in the hopes that like I can give them like a lot of value through that. And I think that's something that um, I thought about going into school for filmmaking, but I felt like I could learn a lot of it on my own. So I figured why not diversify myself a bit more and, and attach like a business degree with it. That's pretty smart. What was you as... I think that's a question I get asked a lot as someone who goes to film school. I made the choice of deciding to do that, like do a degree in film uh, at university. Uh, as someone who also gets asked this question a lot, what, what would you say to people who are considering doing a film degree versus considering doing something else? What would you like? What would, what would be your advice to them? Ooh, I think it's mixed opinions. Uh, I think there are a lot of things from YouTube you can learn. But from, from what people have told me, it's more of just like getting your hands on like a traditional set. So if that's something that you really want to get into, I would suggest film school. But I, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask because I'm not directly in it. But if I would if I were to give someone like a piece of advice, I would say if you're looking to like learn and, and like learn the create, creative side and maybe even the business side, I would say your best bet is just uh, continuing to learn like from a course or YouTube. How about yourself? Well, I'm obviously in like the opposite like camp. I'm as someone who currently is at film school. But you, you're kind of right there, though. You're kind of hitting the nail on the head. I feel like I've enjoyed like my time at film school. There's been parts like we obviously COVID that have made like real shitty, like having to sit at home and just like virtually learn, which isn't what you want, especially from like what I do. It's like I want to be out there with a camera on a set or wherever. But I'm a bit like, I'm not a like, big film like traditionalist i i enjoy set work like i enjoy like building a set like working my set with talent and actors and stuff but what i enjoy more is like running around in like the woods or like on a beach or on a cliff top with a camera and like two or three buddies with a drone and just like just like just shooting the shit man just like filming whatever i feel like filming and not having to worry about it and just coming home and editing it and throwing it together and putting it on like online like i much prefer that sort of stuff and that's and and then from that I got into like obviously marketing and that sort of side like similar to you, and they don't they they don't fully teach that at film school. They're still very much part of this like traditionalized idea of films. If you if you know what I mean like they're still very much pushing you to become like the next Steven Spielberg, the next George Lucas, or whatever. They don't try and they're not they if if you want to go into like marketing and stuff yeah you can but they don't push that side of it they push this like more traditional side and um that's one thing that very surprised me especially in like today's society when digital content and marketing is like such an interesting thing like i remember last year i was in like a lecture they're like i'll bring a commercial to the lecture to show and i picked like a dji ad campaign actually and i showed this video and like none of them like none of my lecturers understood it they're like yeah i don't get the point in this and I had to like explain it to them like, like why it was like a good ad campaign sort of thing, and they still weren't sold on it. And I was just like, "That's you people are like, 
paid cinematographers and production designers like how do you like how do you not understand why this is a great ad see that's... and it was just like <sighs> yeah that's that's the thing it was like i wonder if like um there ever, if there will ever be like a shift in the type of like uh stuff that we learn in school specifically maybe even in mar- marketing too i've noticed that it's very like traditional they don't teach you like how to reach out to people how to present yourself professionally things like that like that i think are super important and like similar to what you said to like how it's so tra- just traditional and that's the thing like i wonder if there'll ever be like a shift in like um the stuff that we learn at school because like i think dji is like a great actually like a really good example of like um a company who succeeds in like the creative side and also in the business side you know yeah i fully agree like they have like such a great business model and like they've branched out so much from just being like a drone company like they've obviously just launched like the the, the ronin 4d and stuff and there's like they've come such a long way and i think you're right like i'm not like trying to about my like film school because i do enjoy it and like, it does have some fun stuff but it's just like i'd love to see as i said i'd love to see that shift of people understanding that this is where the world is going it's not all about long form content it's not about sitting down for two and a half hours to watch a film it's like i think the time relative time like um do you would you say in a day you watch or in a week actually would you say you watch more short form content as opposed to long form content do you do you say you sit down like oh, okay i'm gonna watch netflix or i'm gonna watch a film or something or do you feel like you spend more time sitting there scrolling tiktok or reels or whatever Ooh, that's that's a really good question uh this is probably gonna be shocking but i haven't seen a movie in like two years so uh i think whoa 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 yeah. whoa <laughs> so, that's that's too long yeah that's too long um dude <laughs> so um yeah i would say short form content i don't know if uh tiktok is my favorite i think reels and youtube i really like youtube because it's it's not too long and it's not too short and i really find like youtube is the platform to get a lot of value while there still is like value on tiktok and instagram but it's like so brief so it's kind of hard to like really like soak up any knowledge from it so i'd say it's like bite size really yeah. i think tiktok's like more bite-sized like 100%. nuggets of info but yeah i would say for sure but i think that's yeah man you need to watch some films there's, there's been some good stuff coming out in the last two years that you missed now i think like films definitely inform like what's like trending and stuff but i think i think most people consume a lot more short form content than they do long form content and that's like where people are going wrong i think that's why i think like things could be improved like people need to figure out that they need to teach people how to produce this short form content like get in get out make the content sort of thing like like it's not about it's not about that sort of thing. Like I was talking to someone like uh, my friend, Sam Snowden, who was on the podcast a while ago about, um, it was about the same conversation, like short form versus long form content sort of thing. And he said like, TikToks are, are like reels are a lot more like disposable. So you, like you watch it, then you'll, you'll probably like, forget about it later sort of thing. But like, uh, a, a, uh, a YouTube video, something that might stay with you longer sort of thing. You get like to spend time with like these people, like in a video, like, uh, like Casey nice that you got to spend like a whole, like 10 minutes with them as opposed to like 15 seconds or something. And you really have to build from that, which I think is like something that's quite interesting. For sure. Um, actually I have a question for you. Like what would, what would you say is probably like, uh, the most challenging uh, platform for you to create content? Cause I know YouTube, like the process for all of these are all different. Like, like what you end up making for these type of platforms are different. So like, what would you say is probably maybe even the most challenging or even like your favorite one? 
I think YouTube is definitely the channel. I have a YouTube video I've been sitting on for months. I've had this filmed for like literally months. I have a thumbnail, I have everything for it, but I haven't posted it because I just like kicking around to the time of like writing a description out and like just like fully analyzing everything to like get it up. I might post it at some point to be honest with you because I was pretty happy with the video. It was like, it looked good. But like, it's just one of those things. But I think YouTube is the most challenging for sure. But then again, I say that I could easily spend as long on shooting and editing a YouTube video as I could on uh, like editing like a short form TikTok, like a 15 second TikTok, but just add loads of effects to it. Like, like spend loads of time like editing After Effects, color grading and whatnot. But I think definitely that. And I mean, with TikTok, I can literally like just open up my phone and let's like film a trend that doesn't involve any of my footage or anything and like film it like 15, 20 seconds. But then with a YouTube video, I know I have to physically sit down and stuff. I said definitely say YouTube is most challenging. But then, yeah, and even like if you're going even longer form than that, like shooting a short film is like the most challenging. You think that it'd be like everyone assumes like, oh, it's a lot easier than, oh, it's not. It's just such a, yeah. oh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But what would you say? Like, I think it's a definitely an interesting conversation. Um, YouTube and Instagram. I, I, I like the short, like video kind of trends with like the audios and like the fast cuts, but like in, for me personally, like with the emotional connection, when it comes to YouTube, I feel like people really get to know who you are through YouTube and people can see that. And that's why like most of the time, I think maybe YouTube's a lot harder, harder to grow because um, people want to follow you for like who you are and like the value that you give. And that's just like, that's why I really like it. Um, and I really like Instagram too, just because it's just like a really uh, chill platform and there's a lot of creatives on it. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Like, I really enjoy, I think in terms of levels of like professionalism, I think that YouTube is the highest. People put so much production value into YouTube. I think that people will spend like hours, weeks, months making YouTube videos. Then like below that, I'll put Instagram and Reels. Um, I think... My friend Braden, like you know Braden as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, be figgy. The, he always said, "Yeah, legend." Shout out him. He gets like a shout out nearly every episode because he's such a homie. Uh, but yeah, on one of his like podcasts, I think he said about ah, uh, damn, I forgot what I was gonna say. Now it's gone. It's completely gone in my head. But it was about how um, like Instagram. Oh yeah, Instagram is like a highlight of people's lives. Like it's just a highlight reel of what people want to see. Like you're not gonna like. You're not gonna post the moments when you're like in like that deep dark like place where you just like can't edit anything, you can't think about anything, you don't like post about that, but as soon as you get like that banger shot, like, oh man, that's going straight out, or as soon as that influencer's driving that Lambo, that's going straight out. But then like when it comes to the video content on Instagram, I'd say it's, it's a little bit easier to create. But even then like the sounds, like the trending sounds on on um Instagram, I feel a bit different to TikTok and I feel they're more they more lend themselves into making more like cinematic content and then tiktok is like this uh like more in like more like in less formal like a platform where you can kind of like create content and make yourself look a bit stupid and stuff but yeah but i still think it's interesting because they said like brands can still look at your whatever and find your content sort of thing yeah definitely um which is funny because i'll i'm getting uh questions from brands for tiktok videos when most of my TikTok videos aren't as formal, which you would find interesting because like, you know how Instagram is like show like, like quote unquote perfect, which you would think like most of your clients come or people that reach out to you would come from that. So it's, it's really interesting to see like 
like what do companies like enjoy from what you make and that's also like a good indication like like what platform you should continue to create on yeah i definitely i definitely agree with you there like so you said you've had people come through from your tiktok right from like brand wise yeah i think i've i've had similar i had like a i posted like the videos i made for them actually on my reels um but it's like european t- like t-shirt like outdoor adventure t-shirt company they dm'd me They're like hey we can give you like a discount and affiliate code i was like i can do you one better i can make you some videos if you send me some shirts and they're like okay sweet so then i just like started like creating some content for them and they're like really gassed about it and like, that came as a result of like making tiktoks and that was like just like a, a cheap free job but like same applies like i've had i've had numerous dms and numerous calls from people i'm like uh saying oh can you make me a video sort of thing and like, at the moment, I'm having to say, like, no, because I'm so busy with, like, other work and, like, university and stuff. But it's, like, it's really, like, it makes you, like, feel grateful that you've, like, that people are, like, reaching out to you as a result of, like, the stuff you've made. And I think that's really cool. And as an artist, that's, like, what you want to be hearing. Like, like being, like, an artist, like a filmmaker, I feel like it's such, like, a hard space to be in because you can work so long before you, like, get any sort of reward out of it. 100% dude there's a there's a lot of creatives uh specifically I remember uh Matt Coma I talk about him a lot because like that was the reason why I got into it but he he said like I think it was like five or six years and so he had really got noticed and I spoke to another creative the other day who's who's worked with companies like DJI and stuff and he said that it's just you have to like really just be appreciative where you're at and um just continue to put in the work because eventually it will happen but it's just it's a long you're in it for like the long run you know Oh yeah, this is like it's definitely a profession you've got to realize that you've got to like have passion for straight out of the gate or like a short time in because you invest so much money, time, and just everything into this into like what you love or into video. And if you're not sure, if you're like somewhat unsure about it after you spent five grand or yeah. something, it's a bit of a you're a bit fucked. Like it's not a, it's not a like good spot to be in, but. I definitely, I definitely think like you're right. It's all about this, just like drive about like putting putting the hours in and like just eventually getting that payoff. And I think that especially with people like Matt Coma and like Sam Calder, you only ever see this the, the finished product of like where they've got to sort of thing. But a lot of these like people have got like, as you said, a lot of time like underground, sort of like doing their own thing, grinding, working their way up sort of thing. People don't get where they are like like that, you know. Definitely. It's a lot of work that people don't see. Yeah. I used to say, like, even from, like, what, like, me and you post, like, people don't see how long it takes to get there. So, I think, like, how long it would take, uh, like, one of your uh, Instagram videos or a TikTok, for example, how long, like, from you physically thinking of or, like, deciding you're going out on a shoot to pressing that post button, how long would you say that, like, that is? Oh, that, that's a good question. Um. It, it depends on reels. I, what I have like a bit of a tactic depending on the type of content is if I know I want to make a video for Instagram, like a more of like a cinematic kind of thing. Um, what I'll end up doing is I'll reuse that content for reels and I'll break it up into shorter chunks and I'll do, I'll do that. But um, usually if I want to make like maybe like a tutorial or something, I'll have to film that separately. Uh, pre-planning doesn't take too long for TikToks. I just uh, come up with an idea get my mic set up and all those things. But when it comes to like Instagram videos, that's the part where um, sometimes it feels like a dread because I just know that it is like, once I tell myself I'm gonna go ahead and commit to this project, it's just a nonstop grind of like, 
maybe four or five, six days of first pre-planning, finding out the shots that I want, going out to film it, and then maybe having to refilm another day, depending on if I don't get everything that I want, then coming back, color grading everything, and just editing. So it's it's definitely um, a long ways of work, but it's just so fulfilling to make those kind of things, knowing that you put yourself into this from start to finish, and uh, you're just happy like that you that you ended up creating something like this. Yeah, definitely. I think like I thought the best thing is like when you fully find your that video and you like rewatch it and you like press play and you're like, ah, damn, I've actually created something real sick and it's like oh, it's such a great feeling. And the weird thing is like most artists have like a physical thing, like like a physical end. Like a sculptor has like obviously like a sculpture or like a painter has like this physical piece of art you can touch but with like us it's like this like digital thing that you can literally view and that's like that's it it's not like a thing which i think is really like interesting but are you a sort of person that you mentioned like plan out shots and stuff are you the sort of person that if you are going out with like a couple friends that you plan plan out a shot list of stuff you want before you go or do you just like sort of wing it and just get shots on the fly sort of thing and figure it out like depending on what the vibe of the setting is um i guess it depends um I usually uh, ended up winging it, but I've been to the city so many times. And so I think now I'm going to start pre-planning stuff so I can get like some more unique stuff. That's the thing is I I definitely want to evolve my style more. So I think I'm going to start pre-planning some stuff and hopefully I can get some uh, different things. So uh, overall, I I usually don't uh, prepare for anything, but I, I think that's something that I would love to do. But like the thing is too is like um I only I you can only do it to like an extent because then it starts to feel like like work all the time and and the best part of like this whole thing is just having fun with it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You can say that. But like if I'm out of like a couple of my buddies, I'll just like on like a night where there's a good sunset. I'm not gonna plan anything. I have like a rough idea of like maybe one or two cool shots I like ideally want to get like in my head, but I don't like write anything out. But if it's like a uh like a different sort of shoot like a bigger sort of shoot for like a client job i'll like some of them i'll I'll plan out a bit more but i think like i'm definitely with you like it's all about the change of the environment and there's only so many things you can plan like for like i just had a big university deadline like last week and for i had to make uh like a shooting script which is sort of like a step-by-step of like what you hear see and we'll hear yeah what you'll hear and see more or less like during the film and for a documentary, which I'm doing, it's quite hard to do because you don't know often half the time what's going to happen. So you have to like try and like plan this perfect version of this film out that you don't even know what's going to like how it's going to play out, which I think is really like awkward. But there you go. What would you say like the biggest thing about how to get quote unquote cinematic footage? What would you, what's what's like your how do you find a way? What's your best way of getting this more like cinematic footage? Ooh. Um... I would say lighting plays a pretty important role and um that for sure and pre-planning to get like a specific shot because um well what ends up happening for me for what i've learned and from my past workflow is if i don't come prepared i end up filming stuff that's a bit too similar so if i know there's a really specific shot that i really want to get i'll try to prepare for this a little bit in advance so I can get like a, a really perfect shot. That way I won't have to go back and film any of it. So like I said, the biggest two things for me are just um, being prepared with what I know I need to capture and just uh, and hoping for like the best weather condition. Oh, yeah, weather is definitely always a good factor. 
What like sort of like we mentioned kit earlier, but what what's like what lens are you, are you shooting on? Um, I only actually I actually only have one lens, which is kind of surprising, but it's a twenty four to seventy, which is perfect. It it, it yes. works for practically everything. I knew you were gonna say that. Just know it. I could feel it coming. This is like one of those things everyone's like, "What do you shoot on?" Twenty four to seventy, <laughs> definitely. What about- I just bought one. I just bought one, and like a few weeks ago. Ah, oh, it's so good. But the problem with it is it's just so heavy. Like oh, it's so heavy compared to my other, my other lenses. It doesn't like it doesn't fit through my camera cage. Like I have like, a camera cage, so I have to like take the body off the lens to fit it through the camera cage and then attach it back on again, which is a pain. But there you go. I think that's definitely like something that's like interesting, like lenses and stuff. But once again, a very expensive business to be uh definitely. to be um getting into pretty much. But like ah, oh, that's something else I was gonna gonna ask when it comes to like shooting and stuff but i've like complete i've completely forgotten what it was it's just like escape Ooh, it's like completely uh completely escaped me hold on <coughs> no you're good um what about yourself uh like what kind of gear do you usually bring with you because I, I i don't know if i asked you this yet and i don't think i did no i don't think so i take as i have an ace i mentioned that i've made i have an eight seven three and then obviously I take like at the moment I've got twenty four seventy. Plus I take my bag, uh twenty four seventy. Sometimes I have a eighteen to one oh five uh four that I take with me as well. Uh then obviously like depending on what I'm doing, if I'm out and about it depends on the job or what I wanna do, I have a camera cage with like a handle on it and I put a monitor on top. Um or I have put it on my Ronin. But the problem with like Ronin's is they're just like so big, but you do get like some real like sick footage with it but sometimes i quite like the handheld look and i'm getting more into like shooting handheld i was at like i was shooting a music festival a few weeks ago um and there was like three sets back to back and the first set i shot on the ronin and i was like oh man this is really awkward and i was in like the the, the, the press pit at the front i was like oh man this is so awkward to have then i went like back to like where i had all my gear and i changed it changed it off and put it in the cage and i was like went to the next two and i was like oh my god this is so much better just like whizzing it around on like the cage and it was like oh it was just so much better and then i edited the footage the next day and like the footage just looked so much more like natural and like bouncy on like the uh on handheld as opposed to on the ronin like the ronin was like a bit fake yeah like for that situation which was like which was interesting mm-hmm. i uh Funny enough, I actually did film a festival too, maybe in October. Yeah, it was October. And the first set, I filmed it all with the gimbal, which was kind of a bummer because I was hired for this artist thinking that like the gimbal would be the perfect. But um, it, it, it was bad because just the gimbal was so heavy and, and I, can't, I can't imagine like filming the whole festival with, with it. And so I ended up switching to handheld uh, for most of it towards the end. And yeah, like you said, it's just a lot more like natural. That's the thing. So like, I like to have a balance between both, but most of the times I'll try to film handheld stuff. Yeah, I think that's the way. Like, as I say, it all depends on what you're filming, really. I need to just, like sort of like figure out this like balance between between the two sort of thing. Because like, I bought these. Like I'm currently filming like a I'm about to start filming a big product with this like triathlete and like a lot of that stuff like I need to film like real like buttery smooth stuff from like the back of a car sort of thing with like a brain inside so need like the handles and stuff but there's other times where I just want to just like let it let it loose on like just handheld but there you go that's the that's the joys of filmmaking but um yeah man it's just the, just what it is what do you um where do you see yourself in like 
10 years time that's a bit of a cliche question i hate asking it but it's a good um, one for 10 years time i would love to still like make videos and stuff like that but i, I would like to get more into like maybe even like uh more of the business side and having like a business where I can like hire a team and do more of like a director's kind of position and not having to film everything, which would be really nice. Um, between that and yeah, cause I, I don't mind freelancing, but I have heard some things that like, uh, I've heard this, that if that freelancing can only get you so far because you end up having to chase <laughs> most of the clients. So I'm hoping some way down the road, I can change that, you know? Yeah, flip the script, man. That'd be that'd be sick. I think I'm in like the same boat as you, really. I enjoy like being behind the camera a bit. Also, be cool to like, like expand like a business sort of thing, which would be kind of dope. I think that's like a cool way, cool way to go. What would uh, if you had to give filmmakers or just new people into the space one piece of advice? What would it be? Um, I would say uh, just keep working hard, even through the ups and downs. Uh, as long as you just keep going at it, you'll get to where you need to. Exactly, man. That's that's the vibe. Also, have you got any like filmmaking hot takes? Uh, wait. Can you elaborate on that? Like, have you got anything that's like a controversial opinion oh, uh, towards in filmmaking, filmmaking? That, that you might think that some people might like would like be like, oh, he said that. Ooh. Off the top of my head, I don't, I don't think I have any. Do you, do you have any suggestions of things that you've heard? Uh, that oh well, it's not really a controversial opinion, but I still get shit on for it. Just saying, uh, people who use uh, Nikon's or Nikon's uh, as a film camera, uh, like they shouldn't like that is a strictly a sports photography camera, and that is it. Uh, that's always a good one. Oh, now that I think about it, that's a good point too. That that's a funny joke in the community. Um, one that I actually do have is uh, I made a TikTok about it, and it was like, uh, it was like, want to make cinematic like edits, film in twenty four p, and I said that just more to the point where like you get like that motion blur, and it went viral because I had a lot of comments saying that that was that that was a complete lie, and that like sixty p footage is the is the ultimate way. So I think. That's kind of like a controversial thing is like filming everything in slow motion. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's the one, man. That is it. I think people think that filming everything in slow motion makes everything cinematic. Wrong. Yeah. Big time. I've, I've noticed recently I film most of my stuff in 24. And then it, if I really want to, I'll film stuff in like 60 or 120. But then I, I like to like shoot stuff in all of them just so I have the variation for like an edit definitely right and like i'd be sticking i'd be sticking up for you in the comments in that video man because that is definitely it that is um 24p you're right uh 24 frames definitely if you are shooting in that that is definitely the cinematic form because that is what most people like film shooting and everything so 100%. i definitely think that is like that is the correct one man i don't know why people are shitting on you for that but screw those guys i had people like uh, one of mine went partially viral got like 50k views um it was one of those things like oh being a filmmaker isn't that hard all you have to all you do is press a button then i was like oh well explain what this means this means this means they're like oh yeah dude you can do that in 10 minutes i was like yeah that doesn't teach you how to do like storytelling and stuff and it was just like i started like a massive fight in the it was great it was like one of my most viewed videos on tiktok definitely i, I think uh 
one of the things with it is like knowing all the concepts is one thing, but applying them is a whole different ball, ballpark. I'm, actually, that was something that I had a hard time when I first started filming. I was like, okay, I, I would come prepared remembering like this is what I need to do before making a video. Then you're there and you're like, okay, well, how, how the heck do I film this? <laughs> you know, that was, uh, that was one of the things I struggled with at first was like, you have to have an eye for like what you're going to create because not everything is going to go to plan too, even if you come up with a script. So you always have to like improvise with what you're going to do. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm like, that's one of the basics I've learned. Like film shoots never go as they're planned ever. I've had like very few shoots go 100% to plan. And you always think beforehand, oh no, I'll be fine. It'll, it'll work out 100% fine. No, never does. So you always have to like plan and like adapt to those like situations. Like if it starts raining or if a battery dies or if you forget the, <laughs> sorry, or if you forget the lens or just something like that, you have to like always be adaptable. I think that's like definitely like something that's key. But yeah, I think that'll, unless you've got anything else you want to say to the people before you go, where can actually, where can everyone find you uh, online? Where, where can, where can people find you? Ooh, uh, I think Instagram would be the big one. And from there, uh, you probably could find me. I have similar usernames. So I would say Christopher A. Villa. So K, uh, K-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-A-V-I-L-L-A. And that's where you can find me. And uh, if you click my website, I'll have all my other stuff. But yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having cool. me on the Probably podcast good. today. Yeah, no worries. It's been sick having you on. Like, I'm just trying to like get through loads of people and like meet meet new people online. It's been awesome. So yeah, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. If you have got uh, this far, yeah, all of uh, Chris's socials will be uh, in like the description somewhere. Uh, so go follow him. He makes some sick stuff. And yeah. So yeah, we'll see you guys all in the next one. Hopefully it'll be next week. Maybe if Cal's back and if he can be bothered, because uh, he's lazy little shit. Uh, but yeah, if not, I'll see you all in the next one. Bye.